Oh, listen to that lovely music. That means one thing and one thing only. It is time to reopen the Media Tavern. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Media Tavern where me, Eric Oblander, and that guy, Todd Stanton, hang out and talk about whatever is coming into our faces and into our ears and stuff we like to talk about. So welcome to the show. Todd, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good. We're recording this on a Sunday, which we normally don't. We do it like a uh, Friday. And, uh, yeah, we usually meet up at church on Sunday and, you know, <laughs> is have that, breakfast. Is that where we, that's where we're recording from right now. Nobody's here, yeah. though. It's yeah, oh, weird. yeah. Um, no, doing good. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, getting ready to eat way too much and, you know, have a bunch of friends come over and have a couple media tavern libations. <laughs> and uh yeah uh hey before we get started i want to just let people know where they can find us uh please feel free to email us at the media tavern at gmail.com with any of your ideas for a show uh any ideas for anything you think out there we're we're willing to listen uh also you can follow us on all the socials at at the media tavern um we're everywhere yeah, we're pretty much everywhere, and yeah. please come out, follow the pod wherever you want, uh, join us, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so that I just wanted to get that little bit of housekeeping out of the way, because sometimes I forget and do a little too late. Oh, good. Well, yeah, I mean, and I see that we have many reoccurring people that wind up listening to it, so. Yeah, we gotta, we're got getting a yeah. small but mighty listener base out there, and yep. keep it up, everybody. Yep. So. We'll keep cranking them out if you guys keep enjoying, so. And tell a friend and, you know, do whatever. First things first, what's on your shirt? Uh, this is a Toledo uh, rock and roll shirt. That oh, yeah, my, a guitar pick. My buddy at Crutchwear makes, uh, Chad makes. Um, pretty much everybody in a band in Toledo has one of these shirts, it's, and you can see him pretty much anywhere. My shirt today. This is uh, my Lost in Space shirt. That is a cool shirt, dude. Oh, it wait, is. and I'm going to tell you something right now. I know why that shirt is extra cool. Because of... Because you have a giant life-size robot. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so, yeah, I got this when I, when I was building it. It was just kind of like... So, again, for those of you who don't know, Todd is like a crazy genius when it comes to things like the 3D printer. And that thing behind you that you see if you're watching us on the video pod is a life-size boba fett action figure in life-size form that he made on the 3d printer uh but he also has, came off that <laughs> yeah and he also has built a uh what's the robot in lost of space nine he's referred to as a b9 robot he has what he has a full-sized and i mean like not like taller than me like robot and he has it connected to where it has the voice and it does all sorts of stuff you tell it to say and it lights up it's his house is like a amusement park it's amazing yeah people call it a museum I'm yeah to, like, it is trying to hide some of it so it isn't so like over the top when you go into the living room anymore uh, but one of the cool things about uh, the robot now and i've been looking at it for looking for this for about a year and a half now is the the advancement in ai and now i can actually create custom sentences with that guy's voice um by all you do is upload a couple of sound bites of what that guy has sounded like before and you can type your own sentence before you couldn't do that there was already like pre-programmed ones already out there like samuel l jackson or you know morgan freeman or arnold schwarzenegger you couldn't upload 
someone else's voice. So, I mean, it's cool and scary at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to describe it. So. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I mean, you know, we can have a larger discussion about AI in general because you kind of turned me on to that chat GPT, th- GPT thing. Yeah. And it kind of, we sort of cheated and used that for a lot of, we've incorporated that in our show even. Yeah. When we're like, oh, I need a blurb about the next episode. Uh, oh, you know what to do. Upload it to. <laughs> Just and, hop uh, on over there. Yeah. I, told, I mean. My, my brother uses it all the time uh, now. And his wife uses it all the time for their businesses. So it's, it's just weird. Completely crazy. It's wild. Yeah. That's, that's incredible stuff. But you, that thing with the custom sentences the, that the robot says is, you showed me that the other day. It's so cool. It's just, it, it's entering the new territory of copyright infringement, right? And how can they, how can that even fall under co- old copyright, you know, laws? Because who would have thought we could do this? Well, you know, this brings up a thing, too. Like, my wife is an English teacher, okay? She works at a local community college. And, there, you know, like, if if she were to ever suspect that someone plagiarized a paper, there's a way that, for years, that you've been able to, like, upload it to this website, and it'll, like, go through, and it'll say, yeah, this sentence matches this, and this is probably plagiarized. But now, you're getting something that, like, spits out a brand new, never-read-before paper or content of some kind, and... How are you going to test it? You know, how are you going to, there's nothing, it's brand new. Like yeah, it and you know what the make, thing is, is it doesn't do the same thing twice. So you can ask it to write me a review on this subject and it'll spit one out. And then you can ask it the exact same thing and it'll spit out something that wasn't even close to the first one. So yeah, it's like. It's, it opens up a lot of, a, a, a larger discussion about a lot of things when it, when it comes to the, where does the creation process start and yep. what is creativity anymore you know what i mean it's yeah 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 wild. and it cheapens things actually the whole thing with music uh these days there is they've gone as far as created a- ai to to spit out original music for you tell it a genre you you tell it what you want it to be about and it'll spit out a song like it it wrote they even have voices now that will sing so, I mean, you were really cheapening the art, you know, when it comes to that. Because, you know, how can you, there's going to be some people that are going to be really into it. And then there's going to be others that are going to be like, but it's not real, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder, like, my kid listens to, you know, pop radio all the time because he's like, you know, he's 12. And I wonder how much of it is like made by a computer and the person uh, that I know. supposedly made it is generated AI character that isn't real. Exactly. Exactly. Like, what am I listening to here? Like, am I, I just, just? I just did. You said a character. There is a company called Synthia, Synthesia, however you say it, and you'll have to check it out. Not that they're not that they're sponsoring this show whatsoever, but no free ads. Uh, no free ads is. Um, we're actually. I'm actually using it for a proof of concept idea with a client, and I'm having the person be a spokesman. And I just type in the sentence, and it has natural body movements, then facial movements. I mean, it's freaky, super too, freaky, too creepy. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of freaky, and speaking of spitting, speaking of spitting stuff out, speaking of speaking of spitting, uh, I think we should get to our uh, speaking of spitting. That's a tough sentence to say. It is. Uh, I think we should get to our uh, 
the the task at hand here today, which is discussing a movie that both uh, you and I have seen in the theater and at home, and a movie that came out a little while ago, so it's not super hot off the presses, but I think it was worth kind of visiting again since it's sort of recently popped up on streaming. Uh, and I think also we don't have to do brand new stuff all the time in this show. There's no room for all sorts of discussion. So today we are talking about Jordan Peele's masterpiece in my mind, the movie called Nope. Nope. Yeah, no, we are. Nope. Ah, <laughs> no, we are. I'm here all week. Well, we're going to do this, be like dad jokes <laughs> corner. Uh, so yeah, so we're going to talk about Nope today. Uh, and then we're going to go visit our corners, talk about that stuff. And then kick you guys out of here. So, uh, all right. So uh, let's get let's get to the 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 thing here and talk about Nope. And we're going to kind of give you. I think most people who are listening to this, if you haven't seen it, first of all, major spoilers on the way. Feel free to fast forward ahead about half an hour. Find us at our quarters if you don't want to know stuff that happens in the movie Nope. Yeah, I mean, I think our show is more of not so much reviewing movies in the sense of, you know, uh, we don't want to give away anything. We're going to give away stuff. And our show is about our opinions of those, you know, movies yeah. that we our review. Takeaways, so. Yes, our takeaways are, are like what, you know, what we kind of parsed out of the stuff. Yeah, and, and also you, just you, you may agree with them, you don't, but, you, you know, it's yeah. just that kind of thing. So, uh, starting out the movie, we've got, um, there's a very harrowing sequence that we'll get into later, uh, but the overview of the, uh, kind of the movie is that, uh, there's a, a brother and sister team, uh, Daniel, uh, Kaluuya and, um, uh, Kaluuya, Daniel Kaluuya, and, uh, Kiki Palmer, who play OJ and M, and they're the, they're the, they're the kids of a very famous, uh, horse handler, who has started a um, years back had started a Hollywood horse wrangling company called Hollywood um, Haywood Haywood Hollywood Horses. Yep. And essentially, what happens is the company is the the father dies in a crazy accident, uh, and something falls from the sky mysteriously, impales him in the head, and takes him out of the picture. So we kind of flash forward six months later. And the company is sort of falling apart, and the uh, and the brother and sister uh, are kind of desperate. They've been selling off the horses. They've been trying to figure out what to do. Suddenly, in the on the ranch in the sky, they discover some kind of mysterious thing living in the clouds, and they decide we are going to get a picture of this and make a ton of money off documenting this crazy thing that's flying around in the sky. Then. They kind of they enlist some help of some other people. They kind of try to get the documentation of this. Things kind of work. Things kind of don't. And at the end of the day, they they sort of get the documentation, but at what cost? I ask you. And uh, it turns out this is the big spoiler alert, of course, that it's not in fact a UFO living in the skies above, but in fact a large creature, like a disc kind of. Uh, like looks almost like a ray, like a giant manta ray with a huge mouth that's going around sucking up people around the, around the area of California there. And um, and essentially that is, without going too much into the other stuff, there's an important subplot that has to do with uh, with Stephen Yun's character who 
is uh, Ricky Jupe uh, Park, who owns a giant amusement park down the street, who's buying all the horses, and his whole character arc also happens during this movie. But essentially, that's where we're at. That's what we're dealing with. Um, what do you think about the movie? Like overall, what are your thoughts there, Don? Well, you said it was a masterpiece. I like Jordan Peele. I mean, I when I first saw his first film, uh, Get Out, I just thought that was a great, I still think it's a great film. It's just, it's super scary, kind of Twilight zone -y. I guess he always wanted to like do like Twilight Zone type, you know, you know, movies. And then he got to do the Twilight Zone, uh, the last one, the new version of it over the last couple of years. Um, some of those I liked, some of them I didn't care for at all. Um, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed that there's somebody out there like carrying the torch, you know, for these kinds of like twisty, mysterious films, much like, I, I mean, his name is kind of crapped on anymore, but M. Night, I mean, I like a lot of M. Night's films and- I think Knock at the Cabin seems to be getting people back into the M. Night stock. You know, well, I mean, the last, the, um, not the last one, I didn't like the the one where all the people Old. at the beach, but- um, Old. Yeah, old, but I did. I did like uh, the one with the kids, um, the uh, the visit. I think yeah. something like. It. Anyways, um, it's just it's nice that someone like Jordan Peele is out there doing these kinds of films, even alongside M Night. You know, because it seems like yeah. it take, see it takes forever for an M Night film to come out, and then it's either hit or miss. You know, so um, and I really liked. Uh, I think Us is that the second Jordan Peele film. I enjoyed mm -hmm. that. It it. It didn't thrill me as much as the first one, but um, I enjoyed it nonetheless. This one, I was really, really excited about when it was when I saw it advertised. Um, I, I like the idea of uh, a UFO type story invading, um, and it's mysterious and not seeing creatures like the um, the original War of the Worlds way back. You didn't see the creature, you know, for the longest time. And when you do, it's real off-putting. And even when Spielberg uh, redid the movie, I, I liked uh, a War of the Worlds a lot. I just didn't like seeing the creatures. Like, it like it took some of the mystery out of it. And, and so oh, my phone is going off here. Um, so this film um, I was very excited about because of that whole theme. Um, but I did find it a little bit puzzling when I first saw it. And, uh, my son who is probably 11 at the time, and he's, he's a pretty mature kid. He's seen a lot of mature, you know, mature films. He thought it was puzzling. Uh, my, my older son who was in his, uh, mid twenties, he didn't care for it either. So I was like, okay, I, I, I got my, my, uh, my pack here, you know, they're, uh, they're with me on this, but my wife really enjoyed it. Now my wife is notorious for enjoying pretty much any film you see. It doesn't matter what it is. She rarely says she doesn't like a film. So, but she explained some of the things to me that I didn't get, you know, watching the film, you know, and you know how much I love that stuff. Um, so I, I don't know, I watched it again in preparation for this uh, podcast and I still have like kind of the same issues with the film. I'm not as 
excited about it as I hoped I would have been. And it's certainly nowhere near the, when I, when you say the word masterpiece that like, uh, Jordan Peele's first film was to me, like, I just like, eh, I walk away with, eh, at the end I can, but I'll toss the ball back to you. Get that. There's my old man negativity, and let's hear what you have to say. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, to me, first of all, first and foremost, I think he does the best idea of hiding the ball when it comes to revealing the character that, or the creature that I've seen maybe ever. Yeah. Uh, and um, other than maybe like something like Alien or something where it's like, I mean, it's just so well done. But also, there are a lot of... Like when I saw this movie the first time, I went with a friend of mine, and then when I left the theater, I was like, oh, "Okay." And then I kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it to the point where I actually called him on the way home, and I'm like, "What was the deal with blah? What was the deal yeah. with blah?" What? Yeah, and he was too. like, and he was like, "Well, here, man, the, my my friend is like a movie. He's a very smart guy when it comes to you know breaking stuff down." And he kind of gave me some explanations of stuff that I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay." So then when I rewatched it. I kind of had that in the back of my mind. Um, I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of themes going on. Well, I think there's like three or four strong themes that are that are like shown in this movie through uh, through the storytelling, but not necessarily just handed to you on a silver platter. And you can take it for what it's worth as this is just a sci-fi movie. Um, you know, like a kind of a old, like a Western meets sci-fi movie, or you can take it as something more. I don't really necessarily think that you come away with a different liking of the movie. If you want to read a little more into it, you can, but on the surface, it's pretty much a cool monster movie, you know, and you don't get a lot of those anymore. So true. I, I mean, that's, I, I love monster movies. That's probably my favorite, you know, genre of movies if they're done well and they're not always done good anymore well i think you what know? you said is true like a lot of times there's there's like a we we have like a problem with the monster either the monster is not that great or they show it too early or they show it too late or they don't show it enough they show it too much there's not a good recipe sure. for the good, a good balance that's, you know like that's the part of a good scary movie is not yeah. i mean not knowing what's around the corner you know yeah if you see what's around the corner, then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's not that bad. Right. Or like, or if yeah, you've seen it already and you're kinda like, man, eh, okay. Yeah, I, I mean, you know what it's what it looks like or what's configured. I mean, even you know, like the movie Alien, uh, which to me is the greatest monster movie ever, is you it's it's a dark house ride. You know, you go and you don't know what's around the corner and you do see the alien, but it changes, you know. It was this little it was a it was an egg before, then it was a thing on your face, and it's a worm that pops out of yeah. you, and then it's this huge beast with with two sets of teeth. Did I just actually see that? And you you don't really ever see the monster until the very, very, very end. And even then, you see him so fast, like, I don't even know what I just looked at. Um, and it's weird, though, because, like, in the sequel, it's just all xenomorphs everywhere, yeah, yes. but it's still awesome. Yeah. Like, so I think it really depends on the storytelling almost more than anything else. Yeah, well, because to me, the second one is more of, like, a an action film, not so yeah, much a monster definitely. movie, but great, you know, nonetheless. So I think that there's a couple things that, that I wrestled with at first that I kind of landed on later, and that was, I think the one of the big 
themes of this movie is, and especially with Steven Yen's character, is there's like this thought that like you really shouldn't and you really can't tame nature. And when you try to tame nature, it's going to end up blowing up in your face no matter what. So, you know, you have this thing like with, with Steven Yen when he was a kid, when he was Ricky as a kid on the set of the TV show, and and the and the um the chimp goes completely crazy because that balloon pops. Uh-huh. You're really not supposed to try to like have a live chimp on a TV show. And if you do and things go wrong, it's kind of sorry, bud. Uh and I think that when he ends up, you know, again, we're gonna get into spoiler territory as we've just, probably already just, figured yeah, just out. Just do it. I, I, um but when he when he you know, when he eventually kind of wrangles this creature, he's aware of it being a creature. He knows that it lives in the sky. And he is now taking this creature and making money off of it in the in the same way that they were doing with this chimp back in the day and on the TV show he was on that he actually has like a whole museum about. And now he has sort of become the kind of the, the guy trying to tame nature. And, and as we all know, it doesn't work out because he gets sucked up into the guts of the monster. But um, And I think that's what was going on there was because of he made that connection with the chimpanzee that, you know, he it almost made him feel empowered that he could tame or he had some kind of special power over, you know, while well, he looked uh, it in the eye and he was, he knew, you know, he kind of like, like they were friends. Yeah. Yeah. So Steven, yeah, the character may have thought, well, Hey, I, I was, maybe there's something special about me, you know, that the chimp didn't go after me. And that he can, this thing keeps, you know, coming back every time. And it's like, yeah, I make friends with him kind of thing. Yeah. Like he, he has like this in his mind, he may have this thing. Yeah. I think another, you know, like topic that kind of comes up in this movie that, uh, and and that one we can circle back to you because I think it's important. But I think one of the things also they talk about is when they introduce the Haywood, um, Hollywood horses on set of that uh of the um of, of the commercial that they're filming and Kiki Palmer shows up and she talks about the history of the of the the first ever documented film ever made was a film of an African American guy riding a horse uh and that guy uh ended up being the first movie star uh and I think that that kind of comes in almost mirrored when so you've got what eventually became a marginalized like segment of Hollywood. I mean, people of color are just not equally represented in movies. I mean, that's just not really debatable. There's not, I mean, that's why we're talking about the extreme, you know, rarity of like a Jordan Peele um, in Hollywood. But uh, so then when they go to film this, this creature, they almost are doing the same thing. They're like taking this, they're, they're exploiting almost this creature for profit. So kind of another look at it. Yeah. Okay. There. So, me... in the way that, like, that that people of color were taken, they even though they did the first film, they ended up kind of having that all stripped away from them. Similar idea comes in with this, where they're sort of treating this animal almost like this creature that they know anything about as like a cash cow. That's one thing I had problem with the movie is I felt like that. We're we're ignoring the fact that this thing is dangerous. Like it became more of an obsession on all of their part 
that I, I was hoping one of them would be like, it's not worth it. You know, it's, it's not worth, you know, sacrificing our lives for, I mean, right up at the end, I mean, the girl is all worried about getting this picture. And I'm like, well, and that's it, the other, and that's the other, I think the final or the other big tenet of this movie is the power of capturing images that have never been captured before or that can, you know, that are rare or just the importance and the power of documentation and care, you know, so you've got antlers, the filmmaker guy who gets this footage with the non-electrical camera and you've got that you've got her, uh, you, you've got, uh, M getting the picture of the monster in the well, you've got the video of the, you know, the original film that's made of the guy riding the horse. They're, they're, they, there's a very uh, high premium in this movie put on documenting things on film and images. I just didn't feel like that made a whole lot of sense versus their lives, you know, like, and it, I don't know, it, it just felt off to me on uh, that level where like that became too much of an obsession versus, you know, People are dying. <laughs> they're clothed these. They're a little close net band of, uh, you know, their little gang there, and and a couple of them. The one guy dies. Um, that, well, I'm well, sorry, two guys dies, and then uh, they, she thinks the brother died. You know, it also dies too. It just, I just think, it would, it if if it was a real story, and I'm, I know it's not a real story, <laughs> but if it was, if I it guess was a Wait, real if thing. It, I don't know if they would, if somebody be that obsessed at that point when they start losing people, you know, I don't know. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I think, though, that you got to make a movie. You got to write something. <laughs> you I can't know, just be like, like, run away, the end. Let's, you know let's, I mean? take, <laughs> let's take Alien, and all of a sudden, Ripley's, you know, big obsession is, uh, we got to get a photo of this thing versus, you know. Well, no, but she does want, she doesn't have proof that it exists and they don't think it's real and in they don't the think it happened. One, yeah, in the yeah but I mean, but, it's a thing. But I think that like it goes from trying to get a picture of it to it turns into kind of like a war when it starts sucking up all the all the decoys and, no doubt. you know, I, and like it's over the house draining, raining blood all over him. Which I didn't understand that either. What was that? Why? What was that all about? It's just kind of hanging out, man. It's like floating around, and it's got all this why blood. Why is it vomit and, all over the? Well, because it house. sucked up all the stuff that's like it can't digest. Because well, that's why another the house, theme. Though, why didn't it do it out in the field? Why? Well, I, I think it's probably you know like sharing its misery, or I mean, it's a living creature, so it's coming to either scare them or show them what's up. Or I didn't buy it. Sorry, it's a giant monster in the sky. What's to I, buy? I get it. I know. I just. It's a monster. I don't think a monster is going to go and vomit on somebody's house and then like. By away. nature, that sentence sounds insane. <laughs> the nature of that sentence—that's like saying this imaginary I'm saying, thing if it will ever be real. Of any, let's again, let's take alien. I don't think aliens going to come over and walk over and then vomit on somebody's house and then walk away. I mean, just like eh, I'm not. Eh. Then I think that is a strange thing to fixate on in a movie, but okay. And I, uh, I'm not a fixate. I'm just saying I didn't understand it. I mean, there's there's a bunch of things in the movie I didn't. And that's a, that's another kind like, of theme of this movie too is vomiting like how, on houses. <laughs> yes, and well, and how uh, like humans have kind of messed up society or uh, 
not a society, uh, like the ecosystem, so that this natural creature sucks up all this plastic stuff and it destroys him, even though it's like super, like powerful creature. You know, like it spits out all the keys and coins and the plastic gets stuck in it. So we kind of are a plague on the world sometimes, people think. Humans, that is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. All right. Um, no, I mean, I see your point. I mean, because it's like. Um, like, because- you know, basically like whales that like, or like six pack rings that you throw in the ocean. Yeah. That end up getting wrapped around a turtle. Same kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, some things are digestible and some things aren't. So that's, uh, and it, and what it did, I didn't take that to be so much a message um, as it was that the thing was unable to digest where, and you didn't understand what that meant because you thought it was a UFO. You, you, didn't, right. you didn't know it was a creature. Yeah, that's kind of the twist, right? The, yeah, that it, so it's, it, it's like, why is this UFO you know, getting rid of stuff that we, you know, like coins and all that kind of stuff that we would want to have, you know, why is it getting, and then you're like, something's off with that. You know, it's right. not, because they don't give you that that information right away. Um, I mean, Stephen Yen's character is acting like he's got control over or some kind of connection with this quote-unquote UFO but did he even know it was a creature? You know, maybe he did. Um, was hard yeah, to I think tell. He, I'm pretty sure he did because he was feeding, he was offering it up horses to eat. Yeah, but did did he think it was a UFO? You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah, that, and, that and part. Not man. necessarily a because whatever it does at the end there, it turns into this weird looking flower thing. Like, yeah, I didn't get that either. But that's me. Todd doesn't get films all the time, so. But it's a good Just, thing we have a film podcast then. <laughs> Break it down for people who don't understand what the hell's going on. No, I'm I get it. I'm telling you. I, it's, this not, is, it's not a... It's this not is a, a film I would not show my brother because he would... My brother gets more confused on stuff than I do. I mean, he loves films like I do, but he would be like, I don't know. I, I don't get it. So that this podcast is about, you know, that we don't always see eye to eye films, you know, and I don't think everybody seeing this film is going to be blown away by it, you know. Well, no, and that's see, that's the thing. There's another thing to this, which is some people may totally get it and still think it's not great, you know. What I mean, or yeah. understand all of it and just think it's a bunch of, you know, like pontification and yeah. too much, too much like you know messaging and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. But, yeah. I thought the whole message combined with some of the coolest cinematography and like super weird, cool special effects just to me made it like one of the, one of my favorite movies of at least of the, the last five years that I've seen. So I, I really I did, dug it a I lot. did think a lot of it was, uh, it was done really, really well. I mean, Jordan Peele knows what he's doing. He knows what he <laughs> is afraid of. You know, he knows what is, can be fearsome to other people. I mean, like when we first, when you have that one scene where uh, our lead character, Daniel, goes into, uh, or what's his, what's the character's name? OJ. When OJ goes into the uh, uh, the barn or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, man. And, that was, and, yeah, I was going to talk about that. And I just thought, that's super creepy, man. Like, like So, and that, okay, that brings me to something I was going to talk about. That scene is phenomenal. And uh, 
that is one of those scenes that when I was in the movie theater and that happened, people were freaking out. <laughs> when like that camera, when he comes in and that the alien like tips. Yeah. Well, it turned out to be a kid slow. in a mask, but they but like slow. pokes its little teeny, and you don't really see it because it's such a wide shot. Yeah. And then yeah. there's this little dinky alien head pops out. Yeah. Man, people in the theater were like, <clears throat> like started freaking out. And then it was turns out that one is hanging there, and he punches it, and it's just a bunch of kids yeah. being jerks. It was like that was like a great because you and I talk about this sometimes, yeah. but that was a great like other people in a theater with me experience. Like the whole place was like. <gasps> Yeah, like, I, I hadn't had that in a long time. Yeah, that's cool. I haven't. I when we saw, I think we saw it on a Sunday afternoon, so there wasn't anybody around. Yeah, there um, was. It was a pretty good crowd. We saw opening night, and it was like it was pretty packed, and that, that was cool. That scene is so great, and it's because it's it's things that they don't do in monster movies much anymore. Today's monster movies always have to be the monsters very fast, and like you know, we talked earlier. It's it's uh, it's um you know, right in your face or it's, um, you know, where we could see too much of it or we're, um, we're doing jump scares all the time, you know, and, and, and there's just too much of the, with the, they actually, I can watch some scary movies now, newer ones and jump scares don't even scare me because you know, it's going to happen in the next three seconds. You know, it's just like, it's so formulated, but yeah, this, yeah. but this was the creatures moving very slow. I mean, or perceived creatures moving very, very slow. And the slowness and their silhouette, it was the creepy part because yeah. it's like all of a sudden there's a, a lion in your living room. If he's moving slow, that's going to scare the crap out of you because you're like, he's going to move fast. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's that fear that goes on in your head is what's actually scary and it was such a great head fake too because it was like not at all what this movie ends up being yeah exactly but, yeah but when you're there and you think it's a ufo you're like he's gonna have this close encounter and it's gonna be crazy you and know it it's made like, sense too it wasn't like they pulled a fast one because it like they it was the three kids that belonged to uh steven yen's character yeah and Joker's why were playing. they wearing alien masks like i watched it the second time and i'm like why are they wearing alien masks? I mean, of all things, it's not even like a cool looking alien mask. I mean, it's like a dopey looking thing, but they were like selling these things at their, you know, had troopers yeah. claim. Cause and they're I like, didn't, I didn't yeah. get it, you know, when I saw it. So it's like, okay, that's cool. I mean, it, you're not pulling a fast one. They don't like, where would you get these stupid alien? masks? Yeah. Like, but, that, but that no, was that was, cool. that, I thought that was a great scene. And, yeah. and that was what I wanted. I'm glad you brought that up about the whole, because I watch it on my, at home also. And that scene was really effective. Yeah. But in a the theater, it was like super great. Oh um, yeah. I, when it, when it came in the theater, I was just like. And I'm glad I saw that movie in the theater too, because there's so many beautiful shots of like yeah. that, that the desert and like, they're not the desert, but the mountain ranges and the just wide open spaces. And you'll catch it. Like I wonder, and like, I love, love, love. The idea of that creature hanging out in a cloud, yeah. And when the when the guy the tech nerd guy comes over, he realizes um, the cloud. Yeah, moved. when Angel comes over and he shows him, he's like, he's like, you don't know. And he fast forwards through it, and he's like, the one cloud is like sitting there. Yeah, as the I mean, that is so creative. Yeah, it's and great. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I uh -huh. loved it. So anyway, for me, I think it's one of it might be my one of my top. It might be my top two favorite movies of this year so far of twenty two. I mean. Um, of 2022, uh, I really loved it. When did it come but, out? 
Uh, it came out in the summer, like July of 2022. Mm-hmm. Okay. Seemed like it was longer ago, but I know I thought so too. I thought it came out like a year ago, but yeah, I remember I saw it like on Fourth of July weekend or somewhere around in okay. July. Yeah, I I mean I enjoyed watching it, and I enjoyed watching it the second time too. I just I don't know the things about it. There's some things about it I just don't totally get. Like I don't why how how did it die? I don't even get that. Uh, I exploded. The thing blew up inside of it. The why the, the the blimp thing because it was like the balloon was like the big cowboy balloon yeah it was like it ate a big balloon and it popped and popped because the creature's only made out of like thin like canvas almost which by the way that scene when the people get sucked up inside of it and the bones are crunching yeah and the thing's getting i love the way that that was rendered how it was like really raw and just kind of like cloth i thought that was really yeah creepy. i thought that i mean it was very low tech looking and yeah i was okay and like you realize that that's the scene in the beginning that yeah, the, like opening. Yeah, that was well, cool. that that that's the thing I don't totally get because I've the scene in the beginning looks like it's metallic silver. It almost looks like like it looked like a tin foil box, and then when yeah, because inside of it's kind of like shiny and weird, and I think they sort of just made like a collage thing. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's kind of like okay. the same thing. Like why? Like I like there's no real answer to why when he has the flashback to the chip attack why the the shoe is standing up yeah like and and there's no like oh because it was nailed to the floor or it was hanging by a string it's never explained but i think the idea of that is very abstractly that it's kind of like a weird miracle that happens because he survives this attack and it's just like this strange confluence of events and there's not like an actual hardcore like the shoe is you know, there's no real answer to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good one. I like it. Um, unrelated to the story, I thought David Keith, or I'm sorry, Keith David as the uh, dad, he was like spot on to uh, the OJ character. Like OJ's voice sounded so much yeah. like him. They, you know, uh, that that was, that's, you're right. They did. He definitely, well, Daniel Kaluuya and Keith David have similar voices. It was amazing. And that was another thing I was going to talk about is Daniel Kaluuya's performance in this. Like, to me, he's one of the best actors going. Like, I loved him in Judas and the Black Messiah. I loved him, of course, in um, Get Out. And and in this, I just think he's so, like, he's almost like a John Wayne character where he's super internalized and really, like, there's that scene where um, uh, Kiki Palmer, where, where, like, M figures out is living in the cloud, and he's like, She's like screaming at him like, it's living in the cloud. And she's like running and he looks up at it and he's like, mm-hmm. Like he totally spots it. Like I got you, you know. He's just super cool, man. Yeah. He, and uh, he did I just love his cool. character in this. I love how he's just so like internalized. And every once in a while he'll pop out. Like that scene where they're like, didn't I tell you that he was going to bring a non-electrical camera? Come on, let's go, boy. And they're like, I've, that's my favorite scene in the movie. But uh but he just lights up in that one second, and he's really funny. And then he goes back to being that dour older brother, trodden, broke guy. Compared you know? to her, because I found her annoying. Oh my god, she's so great! Didn't you uh, want to hang out with her like all day? Oh, not at all. <laughs> That's hilarious. I think she's great. Is <laughs> I mean, you have totally separate views on that. I I found her super annoying. Like, and I well, she's and I very get it. They're trying like to they're trying to contrast between 
you know, she's more external in the face of the business, all that kind it of stuff. It is very, yeah, that's true. And, it and is very is, like he's black the and white. guts of it, you know, like he's he's the guy that's he's the smart one, you know, and yeah. she's more of the spaz. And but, um, yeah, and so yeah, you may like the movie, you may not like the movie. So, uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, go see it. If you have seen it, You'll have to let us know what you think of Eric and I. Yeah, let us know. Different. Yeah, yeah. You you can you can add us on anywhere in the, in the socials or just email us. Tell us what you thought. If you have any more insights that we skipped, please feel free to hit us up. We're always open to new new learning, new new stuff. So yep. Um, all right, cool. Let's take a break and then let's come right back with our corners. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, let's head over to my corner. So uh, today on my corner, Todd, I've got a I've got a show that I like a lot. I'm going to talk about the first episode of the show. Uh, it's also on Peacock. No free ads. We're not doing like a Peacock no special or anything. But it happens to be that both the things, Nope, the movie Nope, is streaming on uh on peacock and also this show which a lot of people are talking about it's called poker face so this show uh is kind of a like kind of a mystery of the week sort of a kind of tip of the hat to like um you know like colombo kind of show where natasha leone plays this character who can tell when anyone is lying when she has this amazing inherent superpower to be able to tell when someone is lying okay nothing else like she's not able to like see the future or like tell you something you know else to happen but she knows when people are lying and it kind of becomes sort of a uh kind of a, a whodunit murder mystery where she's able to tell who's full of shit and who's not and she actually in the show calls bullshit when when there's like someone you know not telling the truth okay and uh so the first episode has uh kind of an all-star cast um You've got uh, you got Benjamin Bratt in there, who I think has kind of become like because of the Marvel Marvel movies too has kind of gotten a new uh, new career, um, a new uh, like lease on his career. And then you've got Adrian Brody's in this, and he plays Sterling Frost, who's kind of the kind of the uh, the guy who the town is named after his dad, his old man, this town in Nevada. And uh, basically, there's like a, a murder and. Uh, and Natasha Leone's character figures out the murder, uh, figures out what happens through all these crazy twists, which I don't want to spoil because it's super great. Like you got to watch it. Huh. And uh, and then she ends up going on the run. And then from then on, it's kind of reminds me of like the Incredible Hulk TV show, where or where like you know he's just on the run constantly going, and that's it. Oh, like uh, the fugitive. Yeah, or like the fugitive. Yeah. More yeah. more probably a better example. Gotcha. But. Uh, but yeah, so and so I've only watched the first episode, but looking at the previews and reading some reviews, I know that it expands out of this uh, uh, place that it starts in Nevada and kind of she goes on the run. But even down to the the details are so great because they don't use like old timey film stock or anything like, but they do the credits look just like Columbo, where it just comes up with these kind of oh, these like kind of raw. It's yeah, got the like great the these small graphics. writing underneath. Yes, it. exactly. Yep, it's got like the, oh, the like cool. the the Roman numeral. So it's you know, like to feel like it's an old like seventies style, but not like not on the nose. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's got beautiful cinematography and the, the color grading is more modern, but like the, you know, and so it also has a little bit of the Rockford Files in it. It reminds me a lot of the Rockford yeah, Files. Okay. Like in this show, she's kind of a kind of a loser sort of waitress lady and she lives in this trailer out in the middle of the desert, kind of like the way Jim did with, with you know, with um, with his like trailer by the beach. And uh, so it's just cool. Like she lives in this trailer. She kind of hangs out with these kind of group of weirdos and she can tell when someone is lying and she ends up cracking the case just as like she's just a waitress she's not like a you know like a, a detective or a cop or anything and then she has to kind of leave town but oh. yeah so like the credits look great the music is kind of cool like that and because it's shot in a casino like it looks like they shot it probably i could look this up but they shot it in some old casino like somewhere in the old part of vegas or something yeah has that kind of timeless kind of oh. 60s 70s yeah, look yeah. to it you know Huh. Whereas like modern casinos, you can tell like that They're was clearly made. And, yeah, or, yeah. Right. And I one thing that's important about this show and how it got made was Ryan Johnson made the show. It's so cool oh. that he kind of came up with this idea. Uh, him and Tosh Leone kind of said, we should make Columbo. You know what's cool? Columbo's cool. Let's do that. And I think getting his name behind it and his creativity behind it, I mean, it looks like it has those cool Ryan Johnson push-ins that he does a lot where he kind of identifies one thing and kind of shoves into it more and does that slow cool thing it really matches the kind of the retro vibe of the show and so ryan johnson great job uh poker face uh great show on peacock check it out you're getting me to buy all these apps i mean like I, right I, I, I what did i just get for something oh the what's uh uh tulsa king on um Paramount, Paramount Plus, yeah, man. I got that because of, you know, because he is a stop. Yeah. I, I hope you're getting a kickback. I got to get my beak wet on this. I'm getting like, I should get a finder's fee or a seller's fee or something. I'm like one of those guys at the kiosk at the mall selling cell phones. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I saw you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you got a cell phone? Come here, buddy. <laughs> I got a deal for you. Uh, but yeah, so a great show. Uh, Todd, I would love to know what is happening on your corner. Okay, mine's a little out of nowhere kind of subject but right, something uh um something a little unusual since we're kind of talking about monster themes one of my one of my favorite monster movies as a kid was the original king kong uh 1933 version i learned about stop motion you know then when i was you know 10 or whatever or i wasn't 10 i was it was i was younger and and but then i remember in uh 1976 they were remaking King Kong. Now, in my little Todd head back then, I don't remember ever a movie being remade, you know? Yeah, right, so, yeah, okay. So when Kong came out, I was so excited about it. And um, it, to me, is my favorite of all the King Kongs. I fast forward to when in 2005, when Peter Jackson was going to do King Kong. Dude, I was... So excited about that because I loved Lord of the Rings. I loved everything he did with it. Um, and to think, oh, you're taking my favorite movie and you're going to redo it Peter Jackson style. This is going to be great. Now, I enjoyed it, but there are things in it that don't need to be in it. I actually, I re-edited the film. I did I do what's called Todd edits. I've got several Todd edits. Wait, what? I don't films. even know about this. Yeah, I re-edit films. 
So I got rid of like all that subplot with the with the captain and the kid. Yeah. Um that's so not needed. It, it like it's what were you doing? Um you blo- made the film so bloated. I I cut out a lot of the hooiness of it. Um and um over time I've gotten to be disappointed with that film. Um I enjoyed it like I said when it came out. And I'll watch it from time to time, but it's just not as good as the 1976 version of King Kong. Well, even though even though the the technology was clearly more advanced in the whenever the what, 2000s, 2005, when the, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that the 76 one and clearly the 33 one looked better. I mean, like the 33 one was groundbreaking. I mean, you can pick it apart now as like, oh, look sure. at the toys or whatever. But yeah. but that came out, people were screaming and running, you know. Yeah, well, because they had never seen anything like that before. Right, and and with, with the remake, which I saw in the theater as a teeny little kid too, I was like, like this is amazing. Like, And I remember it was also the first movie I ever saw, I believe this is accurate, had an intermission. Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it had like an intermission. I was like, wait, what? And like it would stop and I had to go out and I was with my grandma or mom I or whatever. You now? Yeah, I can go get popcorn again. <laughs> Let's go. I just got back. I could have... I could have waited a few minutes. Yeah, so I I don't know, yeah, but I remember familiar. that. Yeah. Um I I just enjoyed I still enjoy that film. That the thing about that film is it 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 feels more organic than the other two, you know. The the first one, you know, is clearly when you watch it now, it's very dated, you know, clearly the 33 ones. And everybody talks like this. It's all it's to you know, to film where they they have to all be overemphasize every single word. Um, but I think, uh, and, and then the Peter Jackson's one, yeah, it's too flashy and they're doing way too much camera movements and you're showing the beast way too much. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, again, in this one, because this in the same, and that also is and also there's like a, a CGI fur problem that still exists to this yeah, day. It's yeah. There, and there's, there's a lot of, things wrong with the film i mean if you watch naomi watts's dress it's constantly dirty clean dirty clean dirty clean i mean she'll slide down a clearly a muddy mountainside and there's not a spot on her and it's like the continuity I, director uh please well, report well, to the firing line. that against green screen you know i just think that you know they don't think about some of this stuff sometimes and it's i don't know there's a lot of like hokey things in that the other thing about, I I loved watching all the documentaries. I don't know if you remember when the 2001, 2005 version came out, there was a lot of Peter Jackson, um, like diaries that were put out on the, you know, infantile internet. And it, it was cool. Cause you would like every so week he had like a little progress diary of what they're doing on the film. But then when the box set came, I have the box set too, this really cool box set of it. And <laughs> They got all the diaries on there. Um, he he keeps talking about his love for the 1933 version, and he's never talking about the 76 version. And I get the 76 version looks a little hokey. With the, it's a guy obviously in a suit many times. I get it, but there was not that love affair between Fay Ray and Kong. It does not exist. She never feels sorry for the beast ever in that film but it's definitely a theme in the 76 version yeah jessica lang like she's like 
gets that he's like uh, like a living being and yeah, and like, she she's almost protective of him when the when the helicopters come to shoot him down and the World Trade Center very stuff. much back to the some of the themes of Nope with like the the like the animal cruelty yes. and the like then the animal like you know using you them yeah for, you can't control it you can't control and so I I just love how the 78, 76 version plays out it's just there's just I, I I it feels like the acting is more natural they're not trying to be silly the whole Adrian Brody uh. Uh, not so much Adrian Brody, but the like the the one actor uh, in the 2005 version. You know, he's always there's he's almost like the uh, comic relief. It, it it points and like so is Jack Black's character too. Is kind of this comic relief thing at times, not overly silly, but there is kind of a sillier factor in that. Where the 2000, I'm sorry, where the 1976 version it plays it really straight and plays it pretty serious yeah as I if think there is a real beast in you know running the streets of new york there's a scene in the 2005 one with jack black which i'm not even sure why he's in that movie i say that i love jack black and i love tenacious t but i don't understand why he's in half the movies he's in no <laughs> offense to him he seems like a cool guy and Great guy, i yep. love but and i love a lot of the stuff he does but i just don't get why he's in some of these movies yeah. Um, but um, I mean, School of Rock is sure perfect. That's sure. like his thing. But anyway, uh, there's a scene where he and I, another character are like running from flying rubble, and they're like running, and like it is so fake looking, and so like they're running in place, looking at like uh, something projected on us. I'm like, how did this make it to a Hollywood production? Like it's so bad. It's edited out of mind. <laughs> so, you know, Good, because that yeah, nice move. Because that it's terrible. it's like it's so and it's bad. like a it's a it, it's a I'm like I remember it being in the theater 2005 and being like what was that? I know like, it's just well they're running with all those dinosaurs. It was a pack of yeah like, yeah yeah that's it. Dinosaurs. That's it. It's so dumb and like they're like running in between the legs. I mean, what is going Man. on? Who thought and they're like literally the, running in place. Like you know, it's so dumb. It's horrible. Well, um, that, one, that, one, another thing though I really liked about um, I was talking about the documentary is uh, Peter Jackson in this documentary. He actually went to the top, the very very tippy top of the uh, Empire State Building. Um, he wanted to experience that. Um, he didn't go out like you know where our characters are on the roof of it. But he, he went in places that no one is ever, that no one is allowed to go. Um, you know, they have the observation deck, but he went all the way up to the top and there's like little, a little door he had to go through. And it was actually, I, I don't like heights. Um, I, I mean, I don't mind being in an elevated state. I just don't like, like looking over a ledge, you know, kind of thing yeah. like that. Yep. Gets me. I'm with you. Yep. Yeah, and in watching this little document, I felt that feeling. You, you felt know, that, that pull, yeah, that yeah, weird thing. Like, I know what you mean. Man, that's such a weird thing. But yeah, the '76 version. You know, another thing about I like it even uh, still is the um, the Twin Towers are there. You know, yeah. I mean, have you ever? I mean, did you were, ever go to the Twin Towers? I never got to. I no. when I was a kid, my grandpa and we had a, a, a family member visiting from Europe. My grandma's French, and she came, and we went on tour of went to Niagara Falls and New York City and stuff. And we went to the top of the of the wow. World Trade Center, which is weird to think about when you're. You know what I mean? It's like being oh, yeah. in a plane that crashed or something later. You know, it's sure. just weird. But well, anyway, ever, as a side note, did you ever see the movie The Walk? With the guy. Oh that, yes, yeah. That 
that. No way, dude. That's like, I'm with you on the heights thing. I, I'm like, I don't get, I mean, that's a fascinating movie in itself. There's a documentary about that guy yeah. too. Uh, super fascinating, but yeah. I, so I, I love that movie. Um, it's as I talk about it, I feel like I should watch it again today. Yeah, man, I'm getting that feeling too. I like, I just love that film. So when it came out, it was such a big deal too. You and I talked about this before we started recording, like in the local newspaper here, there was a, there's a, they, like they gave away a free iron on t-shirt. I remember. The, bong, like, and you could, you could pull the iron on like out of the newspaper and then literally iron it on your shirt and make a t-shirt. I wonder if it's out there somewhere on the net. I bet yeah, if you, I bet if we eBay it, you'll find it. But you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, anyway, so, yeah, that's cool, that's man. Corner. That's that was a good corner. That was a good uh, walk down King Kong Lane there. That and was it, awesome. It did tie in, like you said, uh, much better than my poker face thing yeah, did. Well, you poker did a good face, job. like uh, the monkey did punch the lady in the face, so he was kind of poking her face. Okay. All right. Well, that's yeah. Get out of here. All right. Uh, well, Todd, um, great job as always. Awesome to see you. You too. Uh, we knocked out another one. I believe this is episode number eight. Eight. And so we're going for, uh, on our 10th episode, we're going to have it nailed, buddy. We Perfect. are. And just so you know, people, we do plan this stuff in advance. We have a couple of shows uh, that we have planned. Some of the content uh, we're excited about. There is a future Star Wars one coming up. That's going to be a monster right there. That's going to be an Maybe honor. Maybe that's our 10th episode, so we can kind of like... We better hurry up. Mando's coming, man. It's coming. So, all right. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, for Todd Stanton, my name is Eric Oblander. Uh, until next time, the Media Tavern is closed, so get the hell out of here. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.